Hello and welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life podcast. My name is Jim Duke and I'm the pastor of Olmstead Baptist Church in Olmstead, Kentucky. And I'm thankful you are listening to this podcast and pray it will be a blessing and help to you. Our subject for today is uh, found in James chapter 1 verse number 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. James chapter 1 verse number 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. On this episode, I want us to deal with the subject, the trying of our faith. And it's, uh, we need to know that our faith is going to be tried. It's, it's really by our trying, the trying of our faith, trials of our faith, uh, is how it's going to be, our faith is going to be manifested. It's, it's just that way. I think we'll, we'll see that as we go through the scriptures here and, and, uh, and consider this subject, the trying of our faith. We have a trying time now. And uh, we have, all of us have trying times and things in our life, uh, lives. We, uh, we have things that put us to the test, if you will. And uh, whether we'll stand on our own and what we believe naturally and the, the way of the world, or what we have received and believed from our Lord. And so uh, we're faced, uh, continually faced with this, being in this flesh. We who are saved, also having the Spirit of the Lord within us. Uh, our faith in the Lord is tested and, and if you will, uh, challenged and drugged down by this natural man and the faith that this natural man has in self and in the world. Uh, knowing this, James writes, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. There is a trying of our faith. First, let's let's just for a second, a few minutes or a few seconds here, deal with what is biblical faith. We need to understand that because the world has a faith that it speaks about. Uh, it, it's uh, it's uh, an attribute kind of thing. Uh, it's a uh, uh, a point of character kind of thing. I've been told by many as I would take and carry the gospel, the word of God, into them that you just got to have faith. You just got to have faith. But faith does not stand alone the the precept the concept of faith it just uh, it does not stand alone it's not faith is not the thing um and so what we need to do is we need to understand about faith uh, that it's always directed towards someone as i mentioned earlier our faith in the lord or our faith in self and the world system biblical faith is focused and centered only on one person, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, or we could say God and the, the Trinity, of course. But we know that the Lord Jesus Christ is that mediator between God and man, and he is the one that brings the news and the word of God into us. So the Father is our Father, and not, not uh, sliding uh, by any means the, the persons of the Trinity, uh, that which our Lord is. But the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, faith is focused on him, and we, we see that manifested in the Gospels, and, um, and, and he is the Savior, of course. And so, biblical faith is focused and centered only on one person, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's focused on all he is, all he has done, is doing, and will do. Biblical faith begins with what our Lord Jesus did in the fulfilling of his gospel. Where does, where does biblical faith begin for the individual? Well, it's, it's believing 
and and seeing the things that the Lord Jesus has done so that sinners like you and me can be reconciled unto our Lord, unto our God and Creator. Biblical faith begins with what he has done in the fulfilling of his gospel, his death, his burial, his resurrection. It's what all the scripture points unto, the Lord Jesus Christ and his mediation, his intercession, his paying of the atonement, his redemption of sinners. And all that is is put there together uh, or is focused upon the gospel, the completing of such. And then we see from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15 that the resurrection is, all of the gospel is wonderful, but the, but the resurrection is what makes it, is the highlight, is the, uh, the crowning jewel of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it focuses on the Lord, all he is, all he has done, doing and will do, it begins in mankind uh, with, with the Lord Jesus Christ, the fulfilling of his gospel, his death, burial, and resurrection. And when one receives and believes that Jesus fulfilled such for them, that individual personally believes that and receives that, that the Lord has done that for them. This is where faith begins. This is biblical faith and and not self-faith or self in the world, but this word comes, uh, the truth of this, the spirit, the conviction that comes unto man, and this is where faith begins. And again, we're speaking about faith from the biblical standpoint. Two passages, I think, make it clear. John 3, verses 14 and 15, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so man the, so the son, must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And so the Lord Jesus tells Nicodemus and us there that the Son of Man is going to be lifted up, just like Moses lifted up that serpent, that brazen serpent in the wilderness when the children of Israel were bitten by fiery serpents and were dying from such. And, and the command was that the Lord said, make a brazen serpent, put it on a pole, lift it up, and whosoever looks thereon shall live. Well, the, the Lord Jesus tells us that he must be looked at and received and believed and trusted in uh, like the children of Israel trusted in the word of the Lord to look at the brazen serpent. We look to Christ and receive and believe that he has done what he did on Calvary being lifted up, being crucified, that's the reference for me personally. See, in the, day of the, in the days of Moses and the children of Israel, when they were bit by those serpents, no person could look into the brazen serpent as God commanded for another. As much as a parent would want to look at the brazen serpent for their child, the child had to look and, and receive the, the word and the command of the Lord. So it is for sinners like you and me. We must look unto the Lord for ourselves, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. And so he says it's more than looking at Christ just to see him, just to know he was crucified, died, was buried, and rose again, but to believe that whosoever believeth in him, him, his person, who he is, and what he's done in this fulfilling of this gospel should not perish but have eternal life. And so we see here uh, where faith begins uh, for uh, the sinner and for uh, 
men, women, boys, and girls. Another passage is found in Romans chapter 10, an abused passage, but a passage and word of the Lord uh, just as much. And we don't need to steer away from it. We need to receive it in its context as it's been given and understand it's not, uh, it does not lead us to an incant- incantation unto salvation, but it tells us the operation of God amongst sinners. In Romans 10, verse 11, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him, that is on Christ, on Jesus, shall not be ashamed, not confounded, not brought to blush, will have great confidence in what the Lord has done for them. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. And so this word of the gospel is sent unto all the world. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. And so he is rich, he is merciful, he is gracious to those that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And so the order is reversed. He's backing away from this point of faith and receiving of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see the operation of God in this, that he sends a preacher to preach the word of the Lord. And then the sinner The sinner, by the miraculous power of God and the Word of God, is brought to hear that Word, be convicted by it, and and receive that personally, that they are in need. And then the next step that he says that takes place is this of faith, of believing. They believe on the one that they have heard about, and then... By the miracle of the Lord, it is so that this working of God, the preaching of his word, the hearing of his word, the receiving of his word, the believing of his word causes causes the sinner to call out unto the Lord. Why? They believe that Jesus is the only one that can rescue them. They believe that they do need rescued. It is the Lord that has showed them this wonderful thing. And so this verse 17 of this same a chapter goes on to say that it is so that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So biblical faith, a faith uh, in the Lord Jesus, who he is, what he's done, and that he has personally fulfilled his gospel for you. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not saved, we point you to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Savior uh, that you desperately need. Repent of your sins before God and believe and trust in Him and His death, burial, and resurrection for the salvation of your soul. So, biblical faith. The subject we have uh, in this cast is the trying of our faith. Uh, A couple more things about faith that we need to see in the Scripture. First, we are justified by faith, a wonderful thing in the operation of God. Romans three twenty nine and, and 30 say this, Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he Jesus not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. The same Uh, way, uh, this by faith and through faith. We don't need to make more of that, but it's by faith and through faith that sinners 
are justified. The Lord dealing with the Gentiles and the Lord dealing with the Jews. Uh, Granted, the Jews received the oracle and the word of God first. Uh, They had the law and the ceremonial ceremonial and sacrificial law that they were to uphold in, in the days before the Lord Jesus Christ coming from their deliverance from from uh, Egypt, and so uh, the 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 approach, uh, if you will, unto the Jews is uh, it's the same, but it's different as it is to the Gentiles, which have not been given a ceremonial or sacrificial law, but all of it points to the need of Christ and the Savior, and so. The point is, we're justified by faith, made just as if we've never sinned, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, by faith in the faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but by His working, His graciousness, His mercy, His love, His uh, uh, power and working to fulfill uh, the gospel uh, to save sinners like us. And so we are justified by faith. And then about faith, we are to live by faith. God's speaking about the Chaldeans, which he will use to judge the nation of Israel in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Behold his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him. And that's speaking of uh, Nebuchadnezzar, that's speaking of the Chaldeans, uh, the nation being personified. But listen to what he says here. But the just shall live by his faith. That's the way it's always been. The justified do live by the faith that they possess in God, in what he has said, what he has promised. And that's the way we're to live. Having been saved, we are to live that way. Having been brought to life by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are to live by that faith, to operate and to walk. It goes on to say, Yea, also because he transgresseth by wine, he is a proud man. This is speaking of Nebuchadnezzar, the Chaldeans, the, uh, the, the nation of Babylon, or Babylonia. Neither keepeth at home, who enlargeth his desire as hell, and his death, and cannot be satisfied, but gathereth unto him all nations, and heapeth unto him all people. What's he talking about there? The Lord's making a contrast between the faith that the Chaldeans have. He will use them to judge Israel, but then the justified live by his faith in the Lord. Faith in self, faith in the world, faith in your accomplishments, or faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It goes on to say other references and quoting of this passage in Habakkuk, Romans chapter 1, verse number 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Quoting that there in Habakkuk. And that's the way it is. The justified do live by faith. Those who have been saved by the Lord and have the righteousness of Christ, therefore be freely justified by the Lord, a, uh, a, a judicial uh, procedure and process of the Lord only done by him because a sinner has the righteousness of Christ whom they have received, who they believe and trust and rest upon. Uh, they are made just as if they've never sinned. They've been justified. And the just 
do live. They go on by faith in their Lord. Galatians 3.11, but that no man is justified by the law on the side of God, it is evident. We're not justified by keeping the law. It's, it's, it's just plain. We can't do it. Could not accomplish it. No man can. Only the God-man did. And, and does. He is a man, the Lord Jesus is, and he keeps the law of God perfectly. We cannot. No, no descendant, no child of Adam uh, can or could, but the Lord Jesus Christ has. And so we're not justified by that. What does he say? The just shall live by faith. And so we've been justified by faith in the Lord and what he has done and promised unto us. Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure, shall have no pleasure in him. And so the perseverance of the saints, the saints who have been made such by repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus, the salvation of the Lord, the working of the Lord, and these things that we read earlier in Romans 10, uh, they go on and live by faith. A a showing of the children of God and those justified is that they continue on unto the end by faith in their Lord, resting upon him. And so we've looked at biblical faith and what it is and how it begins. We see we're justified by faith, we're to live by faith. Uh, one other thing is that we want to see is that we are to walk by faith. And this is maybe a, just a... a uh, a derivative of living by faith, but Paul speaking about our earthly tabernacle, or our body, being dissolved, and that we have a heavenly body that awaits us. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6-8, through 8, Therefore we are always confident, knowing that, whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Verse 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Verse 8, we are confident, I say, and, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. In, in, this, in these words that he speaks about this of our earthly tabernacle, this old fleshly body, and how it one day will be dissolved, and we have a heavenly body that awaits us in glory with our Lord, in, in dealing with this subject, he interjects this thought in verse number 7 just to make it clear where we stand right now. He says in verse 7, he says, uh, because, or for, because we walk by faith now. That's what's going on. That's one way, I mean, it's obvious that we are in our physical bodies. All you got to do is look at your hand, look at yourself in the mirror, and you know you're in your physical bodies. Where if, if, if Being alive, we are here together, our trichotomy, our body, our soul, our spirit is all here together in this one package. And so we, we know that being in this body, we're in the time of walking by faith. Why? We cannot see the Lord with our physical eyes. When we go and this body is dissolved and we go to that heavenly one that awaits us, we will then be living by sight, and faith will be passed. I mean, we continue to believe and rest and trust in the Lord, but we will be with him. We will be like him. We'll be uh, uh, participating and being a part of his great work uh, in glory and, and in the, the final things of this earth and ultimately the new heaven and the new earth. And so he interjects this, that we walk by faith now. 
Uh, that, that's just uh, that's to be the given with the child of God. Unless you can see the Lord, if you if you can't see the Lord Jesus physically, I know we see Him spiritually and through the Word of God, and that's the that's the the glass that we have to see our Lord in is the Scripture. But if you can't see Him physically, that means you're in the time yet. You're in this flesh of walking by faith. Lastly, I just I I don't want to ever speak about faith, biblical faith, without touching on this about you and I as the children of God, we are to add to faith. We are to be adding to faith. In 2 Peter chapter 1, I, I, I love the subject. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you I want to do better at it. I'm not the example. Our Lord Jesus is the example, but we're given this, and, and we need not be derelict in doing so. He says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 5, And beside this, give all dil- giving all diligence to add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and so on. Add to your faith. Add to your faith. Faith is possessed by men. Faith has been given by God. It's been revealed by God. We exercise faith. Faith is not a work. Faith is faith. And we're called to believe, to trust to receive, to rest in what the Lord and all he said about us and about him and about our sin and our need and the so great salvation that he gives to all that look and live, that look and believe in the Lord Jesus uh, for salvation. And so having been saved, we have our faith. You know, my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I can't give that to my wife. I can't give that and impart that into my children. My faith is mine, possessed by me, directed unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Not religion. As much as we love our church at Amstead Baptist Church, we love our church. We're thankful to our Lord for uh, the church that he's placed us in and given unto us and the work that he's called us into. But the faith is not directed at the church. The faith is not directed to loved ones. The faith is not to be directed towards self. It's not to be directed towards the way of the world. Faith is directed solely and completely, biblical faith, on our Lord Jesus Christ. So now being possessors of such, uh, justified by such, walking and living by such, adding to such, we come to our subject here for this cast about the trial of our faith. Think about it. I want us to think about it in this way. Uh, If if you have something, a, a, a ladder, a ladder, for example, it was used for us to climb up and do things and uh, uh, to do work. Uh, 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 tradesmen using ladders all the time for the different work that they do. Uh, we buy a ladder and we take it to the place where we're going to work. And uh, the ability of the ladder, uh, we, we have confidence in the ladder. We, we picked it out when we bought it because of its specifications and and what it could do, and what it could hold up, and all that, and uh, we have uh, we have faith that it will support us as we climb up on it. But you know what? That that is not put to the test until we get on the ladder. And our faith, if you will, in the ladder is only truly exercised not when we purchase it, not when we load it up in our vehicle to bring it home. Not when we take it and we store it in the garage. But our faith in that ladder 
is tested when we climb up on it. All of us, no doubt, have had steps or ladders or such as that. Maybe there was a ladder that was around here from years ago, and and until uh, we got rid of it, I would look at it and I would say, I'd uh, look at that and I'd say, no, no, I'm not going to ever use that uh, because I had no faith in it, and, and I had no faith in it to even try to get on it. And so faith is tried and is really only manifested when it is put to the test. Uh, that, that's something that we, we need to understand as the Lord's children is that we can talk about faith all the day long, but only when we face trial is our faith really, really shown of what sort it is. Uh, let's go to James chapter 1 and then where our text comes from. Uh, James chapter 1, and speaking about the trial of our faith, James chapter 1, we'll start in verse number 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. And so this is originally written to the Jews, but certainly there is much that we as Gentiles can glean from it. Brother James, as he writes, and we believe this is James the less, not the half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, uh, that uh, the Apostle John's brother, but James that became seemingly that first pastor of the church there at Jerusalem, and we hear about him in the book of Acts. He, uh, he's writing to the Jews, uh, and, but he is writing in church context, and so we, we have great benefit from this book as we do all of the Word of God. So don't let that be a confusion um, in its original purpose as it was written. James 1, 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. You know, we read that, and we're to believe that, we're to rest in that. But I tell you what, being honest, when we, when we face that, different temptations and trials, be joyous in them. Well, the flesh wants nothing to do with that, because... The, the last thing that the flesh wants is to be inconvenienced with some kind of difficulty. But on the spiritual side, on the new man side, Brother James says, count it all joy. Count it all joy when different trials and temptations come about. Verse number three, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And so trying, this faith is going to be put to the test. It's going to be strapped across a situation, and it's going to be put to the test on, on what, it, what its substance is, faith, if you will. To take, take it as this attribute, this fact of the child of God having faith in the Lord Jesus. When we have different temptations, different trials, that is when it's put to the test. A result of this, as Brother James mentions here, is the working of patience. Cheerful, constant continuing endurance. That's the biblical definition of patience. You, you know, in our society and culture, we think about patience as, well, patience, I can be happy and, and joyful about a thing going on and just bide the time, or I can have patience by just gritting it out. I may be angry, I may be disturbed, I may be greatly, greatly uh, inconvenienced and, and fume and burn. Uh, but that's not what the scripture is talking about when it refers to patience, not just gritting it out. And sometimes that's what we do. Sometimes that's what I do is just grit it out, just uh, maybe even burn 
because I don't want this to be this way. I, I don't want it to be this way, whatever the, whatever the situation is. But he says here, uh, trials of faith, Jesus-centered faith, and faith in our Lord Jesus, the trying of that works patience, cheerful constancy, and continual uh, endurance, resting in the Lord. So we, so we need to know that the trying of our faith works patience. But let patience have a perfect work. And see, that's where I fall short when I burn, when I don't want the situation, I don't want the trial. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not cheerfully uh, resting and waiting upon the Lord. Let, but let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect, matured, grown up, and entire, wanting nothing. Trials and temptations that come along, we, we cannot control. We, 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 can't, we cannot control, and granted, we can go and get off into trouble at times, but we can't control the trials and the temptations that come our way. But we can control how we deal with them, how we engage them, and how we respond to them. And that's when it's an element of faith being exercised. It's kind of like, oh, why has this happened? And we, we stomp in frustration, and our blood pressure gets up and all that, or... Would it be, okay, Lord, I've done all I know to do, and I, I, I don't know what to do next. I know you know that this is going on with me, and Lord, help me. Help me with it. I wait on you for the answer. But let have patience have her perfect work, verse 4, that ye may be perfect, mature, and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. We live in a time, this, this present distress, uh, we need wisdom about things, don't we? Uh, there's shortages of some staples of life. We need wisdom about how to, to get those things. Uh, we don't know what the future holds. Uh, we know our Lord knows, and that, that needs to be a great comfort for us. But there's just the practical everything, the everyday thing of living and providing for our families. And, and so much uncertainty, so much unknown, we need to take it to our Lord. Lord, we need wisdom. We need wisdom about this. We need wisdom about that. See, that's the trying of our faith. Will, will I go and pull my hair out and grieve over a thing that I do not want? and break down and, and cry and wail and carry on and, and pitch a fit like a spoiled brat? Or will I go to the Lord saying, Lord, I've done all I know to do, and I don't know what to do next. I don't know how this can be or how this can be or how this can be. But Lord, you do, and I need your help. I need your help to know what to do. Because see, in waiting and in being patient and waiting for the next thing, of the try in the trial that we're facing, we need to know and go to the Lord and and patiently wait on Him and rest in Him. Do all that we know to do, all that He's given us wisdom to do, and then the lacking of the wisdom that we the lack that we have. What's it say? If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. And so, the trying of our faith. Will we take this thing to the Lord, or will we try to seek our own way? What's it say here? There needs to be faith. 
but let him ask in faith. And so now the asking of wisdom, the, the, the beseeching, the, the entreaty of the Lord, the supplicating to the Lord, the praying unto the Lord for the help, we need to ask in faith that he will answer, that he will provide uh, what's needed. He will give us grace or he will give us the help. He'll give us the stuff, whatever it is. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let no man, for let not the man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So, needing wisdom from the Lord in this situation, we need to ask in faith from our Lord, knowing that he will provide, but it may not be on my timetable. The answer may come from a totally different direction than what I expect. The Lord may be waiting. We may have to wait some time for the better blessing and help to come our way. You know, it's really easy for us to get target saturation, isn't it? We think, well, the answer is here. It's coming from this direction, and that's the way it's going to come, and that's the only answer that there is. You know, sometimes the trying of faith and the Lord's working uh, in his child, in this trying of faith, these tribulations, these trials, the Lord will take and he'll delay, and then he'll bring the answer totally from another direction. And in maturity, we wait and we're patient. We do what we've been given to do, what we know to do, what we have wisdom of the Lord to do. And then we patiently, uh, constantly, joyfully, uh, consistently rest and trust in him for the answer. We need to ask in faith. We need to not be wavering. We don't need to be like the wave of the sea, is, as the scripture says. The one that is just back and forth uh, praying and, well, I don't have the answer. Well, I knew that wouldn't work and all that. He's like, we're like the wave of the sea when we're, we're that way driven with, with wind and tossed, tempest and tossed all over the place. That's not faith. That's not the biblical faith. That's not the exercising of faith. Because see, he says, let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. And so we need to ask in faith. Truly resting, beseeching, and resting in our Lord. He says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And may, may the Lord help us, uh, help us in that. I need help with that. Indeed, we all do. James 1.9 Let the brother of low degree rejoice that, uh, in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low. Because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. And you know, trials will do this. He'll take... The trials and temptations and the trying of faith will take a thing and just turn it upside down. It says here about the rich, For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth it. So also shall the rich fade away in, uh, in his ways. And so um, uh, trial, temptation, things that we thought were a certain way, just by one little thing can be toned totally upside down and um, and for all of us um, and so our faith the trial of our faith when we have these these things at hand like we're dealing with in these days our faith being tried uh, may it manifest that our faith is in our Lord and not in ourself and not in our riches and, and not in, in the physical things of life uh, that we have 
We need things to live. Uh, but our faith needs to be not in them, but in our Lord. Verse 12, that wraps up this particular passage. Blessed, happy, touched by God is the man that endureth temptation. Uh, patiently, constant, consistent endurance, resting in the Lord, looking to the Lord, beseeching the Lord, waiting on the Lord. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. And so we see in this the perseverance of the saints. Uh, the, justify, the just shall live by faith. It'll be, it's a token. It's a hallmark of those that are saved. The justified, they do live by faith as they go on living out the rest of the time uh, that we have. And so the one that endures temptation, that, that deals with it well, looking to the Lord and beseeching the Lord, for when he is tried, he shall receive. Receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. So the trying, the trial, the trying of our faith. Another passage that I want us to take a look at is Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse number 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're justified. We're justified as we spoke earlier. We've been made just as if we've never sinned. Oh, what a wonder. What a wonder it is that the Father, God Almighty, looks on at the saved sinner and sees only his Son. What, what a blessed, blessed thing that that is. And so we've been justified by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through him, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And so uh, let's spend a little time there. We stand in the graciousness of the Lord. We didn't devise our own salvation. We didn't work our own salvation. We did not provide our own atonement, redemption. We didn't have the idea. Mankind didn't have the sense to go to God with this problem of sin. None of it. The Lord has been gracious totally and completely unto us. We stand in that graciousness. And it says here, by whom, Jesus, whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We stand in the graciousness of the Lord, having been delivered, and by faith in him ongoing for the child of God, for the saved, we have access into his graciousness. Why? How? We look to him. We rest in him. We trust in him. We communicate with Him. We lack wisdom, we go to Him. We know that all that we live and all that we do is for Him and by Him and unto Him because of Him. And so, may the Lord help us uh, when our faith is tried that we look to our Lord and rest in our Lord by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God, speaking about our future eternally. Verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Oh, there he goes again. Uh, James was doing it. You wonder if James and, and Paul didn't get together and talk about it maybe, and it caused them to write as they did, uh, people being people. But we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And so we see this of patience again. Faith 
being put to the test, faith being like a board that would be put down uh, a plank that would be put down over two points where the person needs to walk across. And you know that faith is tested when it's put under the load. And will it bear up under the load and under the strain? We glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And I love this passage. And patience experience. Experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And so we see here a progression. We have, uh, uh, we're justified by faith. It's reiterated here in verse number one. We have access unto the graciousness of the Lord by faith in him. See, the faith is not our own from our own device, our own words, our own thinking, but the Lord has brought his word, his way, his truth unto us. And we receive it. We believe it. We trust him in it. We follow him in it. We take it back to him. and We say, Lord, you have said this. You're a very present help in time of trouble. And, we, and we're in trouble. We need help, if you will. And so he says here, we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, okay, which we have seen, and then patience experience, and experience. Uh, experience, experience has to do with uh, being there, uh, having seen it, and, and, and being worked for you or others around you, uh, in, in a, a circumstance or situation. Uh, in experience, we say, well, I've seen this before. I've seen this kind of thing happen before. I've seen this kind of thing done before. The experienced worker uh, as compared to the inexperienced worker. Uh, you know, like a, well, any any kind of, of job, a, a tradesman or, uh, or uh, a, a white-collar worker. Uh, do you have experience or do you not have experience? I mean, employers are asking that all the time. Have you done this? Have you been down this road before and done this kind of thing? Or is this new? Uh, new projects. The, the employers are always looking for somebody that has had experience. Maybe this is a totally brand new thing, but they want them to have experience in other things that they believe would bridge the gap to have understanding about taking this new project a new way experience so experience with our lord we've been down the road with trial and tribulation testing burden the lord has worked we've besought him he's helped us and you know what we got experience with the lord making good on the promises that he's made unto us he said, tribulations work patience, and patience works experience. And experience, it works hope. And we have an eternal hope in our Lord Jesus. Every sinner that is saved knows, like the thief on the cross, uh, our brother that was saved, the, the, our bro, uh, the man that was made our brother by virtue of being saved by our Lord, uh, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. We have that final hope of being with our Lord, being rescued from hell and the lake of fire and and uh, living with our Lord eternally. Uh, certainly, every every person that is saved has that hope. But what about hope here? 
I find this interesting. I've been thinking about this, about charity in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love with legs on it. But charity hopeth all things. And how guilty I am of not hoping all things. Because, see, our God is the God of impossibilities. Oh, that's just impossible. There's no way. With the Lord, there is a way. With the Lord, there is always a way because there's always a way in Him. And so patience, uh, tribulation works patience. And our faith is being tried and loaded up as that bridge, that board across that chasm. Well, what is in that faith? Uh, will, will, we, will we seek ourselves or, or is it focused upon the Lord and based upon the Lord? We go to our Lord. Uh, no thing too great, no thing too small. Faith challenged and tried by tribulation that works patience, and patience works experience. We've seen this before. We, we know our Lord's worked in other things. He can work in this, and experience works hope. Hope of a help and a rescue, of grace to bear it. Sometimes, sometimes the children of God get terrible things, and, and the Lord uses that to uh, disease to take them out of this life, to be on with him. That's his working. And and do we trust him in that? Do we rest in him in that? And, you know, it's easy for the preacher to talk about it. It's another thing for uh, to be the one in the, in the hospital bed. But that's what the Lord tells us here. Faith being tested by tribulations. It works patience. And patience works experience. And experience works hope. And I love this in verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed. No confusion. No blushing. See, the one that is uh, oppressed and, and loaded down under a trial, those that are standing around may mock when they don't go the way, the normal way of the world and the way of man. And they, they would be tempted to be ashamed because they're not lining up with the way the world takes care of a thing. Hope maketh not ashamed. You know, in that trial and in that patience and that experience that has been brought because of other trials and temptations and that, that no-so hope that the Lord will work in a way that glorifies Him in the situation regarding me or you would say regarding you, even though the world would not understand, we're not ashamed. The child of God is not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. We know the Lord loves us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. There's nothing that can take us out of his hand. And we look to and rest in him. Have hope only in him. You know, that is the only hope that we have for ourselves and for our families, for our church and for our nation in, in, this, in this time of crisis. Uh, we need to exercise the wisdom that the Lord gives us. We, we need to live life in the things that he's given us and, and, and do well with them, be good stewards with that. We, we need to seek his face for the wisdom that we don't have and that we need for, for whatever lies ahead. But he is our only help and our hope. And, 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 and our faith needs to exhibit our love towards him uh, even in these trials, in such very, very serious trials, 
because we know he loves us. And we love him because he first loved us. Now, I touched upon this here not too long ago. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 18. Dealing about fear, uh, about what the scripture says about fear and not to fear. Fear not. Uh, 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love. You know, Romans 5, 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment, and indeed it does. Many are dealing with that today. They're just so afraid, so very afraid, and it, it, it can be some fearful things. We take a look at it and, and try to understand it and, and, and get the news about it, which we need to be informed. But fear has torment. But he that feareth not is made perfect in love. And, and that's where we need, our, we need to be perfected in our Lord's love for us, our love for him, and to know that this trying of our faith, this trying of our faith works these wonderful things of patience, experience, and hope. And, and it exercises us in and to the love of God being shed abroad. See, we look to our Lord for help. He will, he will make his love manifest unto us uh, indeed. Uh, another, another thing that's, that's mentioned here is uh, here in the continuation of this chapter 5. And I think this is put here, let us remember. Let us remember. Okay, so we talk about the present. Uh, we talk about the past of being justified by faith. We talk about the present with this patience, experience, and hope working in us by these trials and the testing of our faith, don't forget this. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's how much he loved us. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, th so this is the genesis. This is the beginning of this relationship with our Lord this faith in our Lord uh, that's focused upon him and what he did for us and, and, and fulfilling and completing the gospel for us, each one of us personally. As we look on to Christ, we believe that he did. Don't forget, don't forget how this got started. It's what the Lord has done for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, verse number 9, we shall be saved from wrath through him. And so we, we know will we not be, not be judged with the heathen. We know that uh, these trials and these temptations will not be the wrath upon the wicked. It, it will, not, will not be included in that. Okay, We may be included in the collapse of man's system and man's way on this earth because we're as much mankind as, as the rest, Okay, as the heathen. But as far as condemnation, condemnation for sin and the wrath of God poured out upon wickedness and Satan and the world system and the nations of the world, the leaders of the world, the unbelieving, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, verse 11, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, 
by whom we have now received the atonement. We've been saved. We've been rescued. We have been redeemed. Will the Lord forget us? Will the Lord leave us to our own? Will the Lord will the Lord betray us in any way? No. No, he will not. He loves us and he's equipped us indeed with what we need. May may as our faith is tried, may we look to him. And then quickly in 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1 uh, verses 3 through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's birthed us. He's birthed us by Christ Jesus. He's birthed us and made us alive into indeed a lively hope that we have because Christ raised from the dead. That last part of his gospel, his death, burial, and resurrection uh, for us. We have this lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4, 1 Peter 1, 4, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. So that tells about the future and all. It's, It's more glorious and wonderful than we can imagine. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, the salvation of our bodies. Our souls have been saved. Our spirit is made alive by virtue of the Spirit of God living within us. We have communication and a connection, a, a, a relationship with our Lord by such. And then the final part of salvation is the saving of our bodies and that we have a body like Christ who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So kept by the power of God through faith, we continue on by faith. We're saved by repentance and faith in him, his graciousness unto us, and we live by that as we've seen. Verse 6, wherein we greatly rejoice, and we do and we should, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Yeah, there's all kinds of trials, a trial on this side, a trial on that side, a trial before us, a trial behind us. We've got trials, trials, trouble. It's just the way that it is in this life. It's Job said it, uh, full of trouble is our life. Our days are short, our days are few. He says, wherein we greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. Listen, that the trial of your faith, the testing, the, the, the putting to test of our faith in our Lord Jesus, in our great God and King, a faith in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. You know, uh, gold is refined. You know what's being done with us? We are refined. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. The refining, the trial of our faith is a precious thing unto our Lord. It's a precious thing unto us. More valuable than all the gold of the world. The trial of our faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire. Our faith tried with fire. Yeah. When faith is manifested, when when that or the fruit of the Spirit, one of the manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit and the saved child of God is that of faith being exhibited. He is glorified. He is glorified. 
Though it be tried with fire, might be found to praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. May we be faithful until our Lord comes for us, whom having not seen you love, and indeed we do because he's first loved us, and whom though yet now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's that patience. Rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory right in the midst of the trial of our faith in verse number 7. May the Lord help us. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. We've been saved. Our souls are saved, as mentioned earlier. Our, our spirit has been made alive by the Spirit of God living within us. And we look forward to that day when our bodies will be saved too. We'll be free from sin in every way. We won't have the thought of sin. We won't have the, the effects of sin upon us. And, and uh, we receive the end of that faith when faith goes to being sight. And so the trial of our faith, it's a very real thing. And may we, may we take that. May take even that, Lord. I know you're trying my faith. I know I know there's temptations that abound in the world and in my life. And Lord, help me. Help me to glorify you. Help me to rest in you. Help me to take it to you. Every detail, every every feeling that you have, every doubt, every fear, take it to the Lord, just like we would talk to one another. Take it all to him. And and may may our faith, when it is tried and exercised, May we, may it be found to be strong in him and with his help, with his strength, with his wisdom. May we not look to ourselves. May we not look to the world. But may we look to and rest in our Lord in the trying of our faith. In conclusion, the connection, the application, I just want to mention a couple things here. In Job 23, verse number 10, the scripture says, But he, the Lord, knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. So the trying of our faith is just like precious metal being refined. And that's what's happening with us. We're being refined. And may we be refined well. Uh, may the Lord help us. And all these things that we've seen and that he's shown us, may we be refined well. Lastly, in Hebrews 11, I want you to hear what the Word of God says here. And I want you to consider, if you've read this chapter, read it again and, and look at these folks. And I want you to consider as you read about the folks here in chapter 11 of Hebrews, this honor roll of faith, as it's called, that their faith was shown, their faith was manifested in trial, in temptation, in a challenge, in impossibilities, in very, very terrible things and very, very wondrous things, and glorious things, and blessed things, and very, very difficult things. But faith in their Lord, in their Savior, in their God, and in their King was manifested by trial, by temptation. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is, it's substance. It's substance. And there we see that about hope. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report, the writer declares. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Through faith, we believe in the creation. 
By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Because the Lord wrote about him in his word, he had brother Moses write about him, and from the beginning the testimony of Abel stands. Why? He believed the Lord. He obeyed the Lord. Even in the, in the controversy and the resistance of his brother Cain, he followed the Lord. By faith, verse 5, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He obeyed the Lord. He heard what the Lord said. He communed with the Lord and the Spirit of God in that day before there even was a word of God. He believed the Lord and trusted all the things that the Lord had told him and all the things that he bore witness with him in his spirit. And Enoch has that testimony from, from near the beginning even to this day. Verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him, to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he exists, that he is there, he is true, his word is from him, not a figment of man's imagination. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the re a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Very much akin to what Brother James says, that he's got wisdom, and he'll give to all men liberally that ask of him. And so, faith the trying of our faith. May the Lord help us that we see, even in this passage, that all listed here in Hebrews 11 had experienced trial and testing of their faith in the Lord. And you know, you know the, the, it being the honor roll of faith, what do we see? They exercise their faith and belief in the, in the word of the Lord and the trusting of the Lord. And, and it's, a, uh, it's a token of, to the power and working of the Lord in them. They trusted the Lord, and the Lord did what he promised to do. They trusted in the Lord, and not they, but the Lord worked, and they rested in him. He is most glorified by our faith and his ability to do what needs to be done for us. They all here experienced the trial of their faith in the Lord, and they received and believed what our Lord told them and were faithful to it until the Lord helped them and answered uh, his way. And so we need to under always understand that, that his answer may not be the way that we would want uh, it answered, but that, that is the best way to his honor and his glory. If you're here under the hearing of my voice and you're not saved, uh, we point you to our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the one that was crucified and lifted up, that all that look unto him for the salvation of their souls, he will save. Through repentance and faith in him, repentance of your sins before God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. As the Lord Jesus declared in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, there in verses 15, 16, 17, he said, it says there that the kingdom of God is at hand. He declared that, repent ye and believe the gospel. And so we point you to him. I can't save you. Our church can't save you. But the Lord Jesus Christ, he's the savior of sinners. And we pray that the Lord will help you to see your great need of him and repent of your sins and believe and trust in him. 
Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this time, and we thank you for the ability for this to bring this podcast, and we thank you, Father, for how you show us and tell us about the trying of our faith. Help us, Father, that in this refining work of yours, that, that it would be to your honor and your glory, that we would hear you and believe you and trust you in all the things that you tell us and that you give us, and that, Father, that our faith being refined, that it might be manifested and it might be such that glorifies you, uh, not ourselves, Father, not unto us, O Lord, but unto you be honor, glory, and praise in every way. For those that are not saved, we pray that you'd save them. And for we that are saved, Father, help us that we believe you, rest in you, trust in you in every way. Help with your word and fill us with your word and your spirit. And Lord, give your word free course in our hearts, we pray. We ask it all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to our time together again on the Wonderful Words of Life podcast.